Hello, this is Andy and Hedia coming to you live from Orange County, California. I almost said Portland, Maine, just to mess with people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, go to resurrectministry.com to get all of our stuff. Go there and email us and communicate with us and subscribe. And uh, there's a donate button if you want to partner with us. Yes. See, I listen. I pay attention. Um, if I fall asleep, um, just keep going. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> You're far too chatty to just fall asleep. I think I've hit I it. Think, I think you'll power through. Oh, well. I, uh, it is late, so you can yeah, try to wrap it up quickly. I woke up at 2 a.m. this morning <laughs> and uh, flew across the, the entire nation. I looked down on all those people and I prayed over the millions of people I flew over. Oh, that's nice. I wish I really could say that I did that. Oh, that was that was such a that would have been a really long prayer. All right, this is a long devotional, so we better get started. It's uh, from Smith Wigglesworth devotional, and it's for June eighth, and it's called "The Need for Humility." The reference is Acts twenty nineteen, uh, which says, "Serving the Lord with all humility." The scripture reading is James four. And Smith says in this devotional, one of us will be able to be ministers of the new. None. Oh, no. <laughs> put that big letter at the beginning. <laughs> Throws me off. None of us will be able to minister of to, to be ministers of the new covenant of promise in the power of the Holy Spirit without humility. It, it is clear to, to me that in the measure, the, the death of the Lord is in me. The life of the Lord will bound in me. To me, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a goal. It is an infilling that allows us to reach the highest level, the holiest position that it is possible for human nature to reach. The baptism of the Holy Spirit comes to reveal him who is filled fully with God. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit is to be baptized into death, into life, into power, into fellowship mm. with the Trinity where we cease to be and God takes us forever. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I believe that God wants to put his hand upon us so that we may reach ideal definitions of humility, of human helplessness, of human insufficiency, until we rest no more upon human plans, plans but have God's thoughts, God's voice, God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to us. Now, here is a word for us. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit. There is, there is the word. It, is that a possibility? Is there a possibility for a person to align himself so completely that with the divine will be, will be of God? Oh, my gosh, I completely ruined that sentence. Is there a possibility for a person to align himself so completely with divine will of God. Jesus was a man, flesh and blood like us, while at the same time, he was the incarnation of divine authority, power, and majesty of the glory of heaven. He bore in his body the weakness of human flesh. He was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. He is so lovely, such a perfect Savior. Oh, that I could shout Jesus in such a way that the world would hear. There is salvation, life, power, and deliverance through his name. But, beloved, 
I see that the Spirit drove him, that he was led by the Spirit. And here comes Paul bound in the Spirit. With an ideal condensation, condensation, sorry, uh, of heaven, that God should lay hold of humanity and possess it with his holiness, his righteousness, his truth, and his faith, so that Paul could say, I go bound. I have no choice. The only choice is for God. The only desire of or ambition is God's. I am bound with God. Is it possible, beloved? If you look at the first chapter of Galatians, you will see how wonderfully Paul rose to this state of bliss. If you look at the third chapter of Ephesians, you see how he became less than the least of all saints. In Acts 26, you will hear him say, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. In order to keep the vision, he yielded not to flesh and blood. God laid hold of him. God bound him. God preserved him. I ought to say, however, that it is a wonderful position to be preserved by the Almighty. We ought to see to it in our Christian experience that when we commit ourselves to God, the consequences will be all right. He who seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. What is it to be bound by the Almighty, preserved by the the infinite? There is no end to God's resources. They reach right into glory. They never finish on the earth. God takes control of a man in the baptism of the Holy Spirit as he yields himself to God. There is the possibility of being taken and yet left, taken charge of by God and left in the world to carry out his commands. That is one of God's possibilities for humanity, to be taken over by the power of God while being left in the world to be salt, as the scripture describes. Wow. Thought for today. The way to get up is to get down. So (laughs) this one of these sentences that really struck me with the first one. Um, It is clear to me that in the measure the death of the Lord is in me, so meaning as much of the death of the Lord is in me, the life of the Lord will abound in me. So it's this, as much as I am walking in the crucifixion, the the self-abasement, like just ridding oneself of self, the closer I get to Christ. And this example that he gives here of paul and he's saying he was he didn't he wasn't disobedient to the vision so even though he knew he was going to go out there to die he came anyways and he's like he's just uh he's so bound to god that god preserves him and that we commit ourselves to god that the consequences will be all all right even when they kill him so and then he says who seeks to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life will find it so it's it's really being okay with the consequences being, I mean, it's an infinite possibilities of what the consequences are, but I guess what the Lord is saying is you'll be okay with it no matter what. If you are seeking nearness to me, then the concept, it's not like as we draw closer and we may have experienced suffering. It's not like, wow, what a crappy choice I made. I can't believe I'm following the Lord. Like, you know, you never have that discontentment, no matter how crazy the circumstances get. 
So he's not promising that in earthly terms, the circumstances will be like, wow, I have a private jet and life's all good. He's just promising that you won't be discontent. Like that, it's just really uh, very deep. Hi, Nicole. <laughs> the whole concept is just the way it's written too is so Sometimes so eloquent. Parts of it are hard to read. <laughs> well, it's because of the way he speaks the mm. his English, his tense, and then he used a bunch of uh, um, Bible verses in Tons. just in in pieces, though you know. Yep. Uh, and the Bible has its own language, right? <laughs> so. Like I love this. There is the possibility of being taken, meaning taken up to God, and yet left on the earth, yeah. taken charge was, of by God, and left in the world to carry out His commands. That's my favorite part, right? And yeah. I just read this. Uh, I was listening to a podcast today of this guy, um, this uh, Messianic Jew who had a uh, near-death experience went to visit Christ in heaven and came back and had this fascinating perspective that was very much like that, where he said, the Lord said, I'm going to send you back. And he says, he walks around every day in this kind of like days that the transient nature of this world is super clear to him now because he experienced eternity. Mm. So it's almost like walking around in a days like in a foreign country and so all he think all he could process now is wow what how do i make the most of the minutes that i have here on this earth as opposed to the reverse for most of us which is we think this is all there is and then there's some like black hole called eternity or some kind of you know streets paved with gold or something that seems so abstract to us he got to flip the script mm -hmm. the lord flipped it for him <laughs> Yeah, that was fascinating. It's kind of like somebody like uh, Pastor Jack Hibbs, um, who wakes up every morning and asks God what he wants from him. Right. Like, I, I wake up and ask what, what you and I want to have for breakfast. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So we're thinking about ourselves first and what yeah. it is that we're going to do. We, we, we obviously have to do very similar things. Uh, Oh, I, I think maybe I have to do it three times a day. At least. <laughs> Ask what God wants. So I'll talk to you in just a little bit. <laughs> one of the one of the many coming into uh, not realizing we are we need one of those lights that says we're on the air. Yeah. You know, I, like, I think he did realize it. He just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, it's quite clear what we we're need, broadcasting. We, we need an El Cabong to come down. <laughs> um the thing I thought about first uh, as we were reading through this is, you know, number one, I should be thinking about how this affects me probably more than what I'm going to tell you. Because what I realize is how many people lack humility uh, in airports and on airplanes. <laughs> just the entitledness and people get so angry about the littlest things. Like I just like. It's like really? a tinderbox of stress. <laughs> airplanes <laughs> they're impatient and they yell and scream this guy was yelling at the um the, the uh you know yes. one of the steward stewards uh that are working the desk and i, I think uh, he missed his flight oh uh, they close you know when they close the door they, there's oh, no there's no people. there's, there's no, no opening. opening no 
be flu and, enough, you'd know that. Yeah, who do you? Who doesn't know? I mean, really, like <laughs> they don't reopen the door. The pl- look out the window. The plane's backing up. Like, but he was like, "No, you know, you can stop." The-. I mean, he's yelling and screaming. Like, what, like you want to jump on the wing? Or yeah, I'm going. You know, this is only going to make things worse. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> I thought one. you said that. I thought you meant they were screaming on the plane. I'm like, do people do that anymore? Or is everybody afraid of air marshals? Oh, no, I've seen them do it. I've seen, I've seen fights, fist fights on planes. Yeah. I mean, since 2001? Yeah. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember just like not maybe three months ago, maybe more. Um, they had to duct tape a guy to a seat because he was so unruly. Uh, unruly. Wow. People were like going, they were like had to wrestle them and then they wrestled them to a seat. And, and you they, were there on that flight? Oh, I was not on it. There's a video. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, I, I haven't seen any of that in, fl- in flights. Oh. Or people that uh, can't find a place to put their carry on and they're in group five. Like, and, and they even tell you, yeah. like, you should probably check your baggage, which right. I always immediately, I just check it. I go, when they get to that point, I just check it. But then people get mad. Well, oh, there's no place for me to put my bag. Mm. Oh, yeah, you're in group five, bro. <laughs> uh, moving back to our devotional. Yeah. So uh, humility, I mean, it, I, I, it really was getting to a point. We just got, I got sidetracked. Um, is that if we see it there and then we see it like what we were talking about, you know, some time ago at school board meetings, the, the, the anger. Um, I think some of that obviously is still humility. Oh, sure. And so... We want our way. And if we don't get our way, I'm just going to yell and scream. Right. <laughs> Instead of, and when we talk about some compromise, at some point, there's guys, exactly. we're not going to get anywhere unless we compromise on something in, in every case. Um, and so That's this life. humility is just something that I think in what, uh, what's the gentleman that was speaking at Calvary tonight? Uh, Tony Perkins. Tony Perkins. When he was talking about the difference uh, in schools since they took out, the Bible in prayer mm. and, uh, uh, you know, being able to read scripture in schools in, I think it was 1960s. I think he said somewhere around there. Uh, and oh, that far back. Yeah. It could be seventies, but I think it was 1960 something. I went to a Catholic preschool, so we still had Bible back then, but you, uh, he, he was able to show what, you know, how many, uh, abortions, you know, pregnant teens and some other statistics. I can't remember all of them, but they, it was like 300 fold. Oh. difference since they've taken God out of the schools. So true. So this is, you know, is that we, we obviously are at a time where people need to, to read this devotional to, I mean, to really just bring down some of the temperature, you know, uh, and just feeling entitled and it's my way or the highway or it's, it's my way and not God's way. Oh yeah. Um, it's it, it, so much of this would, would solve so many problems. Right. You know, being in the word, praying, reading scripture like you're going to read right now. Um, oops, wrong one. Um, yeah, this is a good one, folks. Anytime you want to be convicted of how um, unholy you are, read the book of James. <laughs> I had a one pastor tell me that once. He's like, it just, anytime you want a good whooping, just read the book of James. So here is James 4. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you do not have because you do not ask. 
you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity or hatred to God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, as such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is a sin. And this is, we read this before we went live, and that's where I really thought about airports. <laughs> and all the other stuff I brought up is just, there. that's so good. Isn't it? Because um, we just need to we need to calm down. <laughs> well, and also uh, humility is is being humbled, mm. right? So humility is not just oh, I'm going to let you walk in front of me in the line because I'm humble, and I'll let you speak first because I'm humble, but. Humble is to actually be, is to have humility. How do you get humility? From being humiliated. <laughs> so how do you get humiliated? By not getting your way, yeah. you know, or people purposely insulting you or being persecuted as, as mm-hmm. Christ had said many times that they hate you. They hated me first. Uh, don't fear persecution. Uh, don't worry about, you'll be afflicted in this world, but have no fear for I have overcome the world. Like he's constantly, um, pushing us towards the fire. <laughs> but, you know, so most, most of the time we go kicking and screaming, no, ow, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, you could last longer than I could. I don't know. You, 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 well, my you, skin's you, a little tougher. Yeah. <laughs> You're stronger, but my skin's tougher. Yeah, man. She, she Boiling water directly poured into a cup, she, she immediately takes a drink. <laughs> And I just go, I have no, like, what, how do you do that? You want to laugh? Cause my facial lady has this, like this device thing that she uh-huh. puts on my face. And she's like, you can stand a temperature of heat that none of my other clients can. And I just giggled. So I just giggled so loud. Cause I was just like, my husband says that about my skin. I don't know what it is, but apparently it's all over my body. It's a repti- reptilian skin. <laughs> Anyways, it was a squirrel folks. Yes. Oh, we're still reading the uh, the scripture. We have Mark one uh, twelve. Immediately, the spirit drove him into the wilderness, and that's the same Luke four um, narration of Jesus being tempted. Let's see, folks, get this. 
the whole message of, of Christ is the spirit leads him to the wilderness to get tempted by Satan. God the Father hangs him on a cross so that we could be forever redeemed. Paul is told to go to Rome even though he's going to die and gets bit by a snake and gets shipwrecked and is just in prison for days on end and beaten and tortured. And yet God in June calls, come. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, it's crazy. It's like it you really got to buckle down and get used to the fact that um, this is a walk of affliction. Gotta calm down. Yeah. Calm down. No, I mean, you got to prepare yourself for burnt skin yeah. or decapitation and what, but that they do it, um, that it, there's a, there's a glory in it. The closer I get to his death, the closer I get to his life. It's a, it's a really deep subject. X 2022. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. That's Paul. Sounds like me when I travel. It's just where are you going? I don't know. I'll see when I get there. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. And I mean, he's referring to bad yeah, things, disasters, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. Right. And then, in other words, the tone is, "Well, I know it's not going to be good." Mm. Yeah, like uh, you were talking about Paul and uh, being shipwrecked. And what is funny is that he 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 knows what's going to happen to him when he gets to Rome. Yet he wants to get to Rome. Yeah. He's, that's he's, telling, my he's point. telling people how to save the ship. Like, no, we got to get to Rome, but you need to get rid of the treasures and things that you're that's sinking in the ship. Right. So that I can get there. I need to get there so I can die. Get my head cut off. Same with Jesus, right? <laughs> he's like, you know, he's trying to get to Gethsemane mm. so that he's eventually going to cavalry so that he could be nailed to a cross and killed. Right. Like, Paul's not supposed to die in the ocean or the sea. No. He's to die. Uh, uh, at the hands of the Romans. Yep. Wow. <laughs> wow. When you really break some of these stories down, it just really blows your mind. Doesn't it? What's happening in, the, in that story. Go ahead. Sorry, this was just all of Acts 20 where it just there. Um, there's like 10 uh, disciples, not disciples, apostles, followers, because they're no longer called disciples because Christ has passed. Um, and they come and they, they're like, don't go, you're going to die. You know, like we've all had dreams. We've all had visions. And he's like, I know that's why you're going. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, it's just, wow. That kind of faith, folks. That's the kind of faith. Yeah. Jan says. <laughs> Wonder what it was like for James being Jesus's half brother, right? Uh, walking in Jesus's shadow and such a great book. One of my favorites. Well, you must have a uh, very tough skin, Jan, because book of James is a hard one. It's a, it's, it's quite convicting. Yeah. How hard would that be to be Jesus? brother? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, what did Jesus do today? Right? How many people did he save? <laughs> you always, you always fall short no matter what. James, what'd you do today? Nothing. I fished. <laughs> I didn't cure lepers or do anything else miraculous. But he had an amazing mom. Yes. That probably was very good at what she did. Amen. She was Mother Mary. Yes. The Catholics prayed her. Yes. <laughs> Not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs>
Um, did you get a chance to listen to all of um, what's his name tonight? Yes, Tony. <laughs> I am so sorry. I am so tired, Tony. Um, what do you think? What anything jumps out jumps out at you with his message? Tonight? I mean, it's beautiful. It's just the the message of repentance and the abortion uh, issue at the center of our nation's repentance mm-hmm. and how that could all change and the curse that's on our country as a result of killing so many babies. I mean, we're basically like, like the pre pre God era of the pagans that were, you know, human sacrifices. That, yeah. That's literally where we're at in this country. So uh, it would take a lot to turn this around. Right? Yeah. He just reminded me. And that's the part that kind of stands out to me too, is that, that it just he reminds me of the words of the Democrats who are so, upset about not having possibly not having the ability to abort children and uh schumer uh senator schumer out of uh, new york uh said it was a uh, an aberration and, the, and you go an aberration to not kill babies oh, <laughs> like you know i wrote a post when the and i heard him say that too and it's just like this it's so shocking even now even after all we've seen this is still shocking that here in California, they're, they're talking about being able to, to abort a baby after it's been born. Yeah. And then you hear somebody like Schumer say that it's a, it's um, what I just say. Aberration or abomination? Abomination. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, an abomination. Yeah. It's that, an abomination not to be able to kill babies. Yeah. And you just like, they really, they, they, <laughs> did he just say that? Yeah. And the, just the way they talk about it, just, just like, it is like much of the other stuff they talk about it is the opposite. A lot of what they say is the opposite of the truth. Because they will call good evil and evil good. Yeah, I mean, they were just on saying the economy's great. This is the best economy ever. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, they sit there on the cameras, uh, you know, somebody's interviewing, and oh, no, this is really the best economy, a historic economy. It's fantastic. Who was saying that? Uh, the press secretary? Yes. But I mean, they just keep saying so. Oh, there's no baby formula. Stockholm syndrome. I wrote that article. It's the Stockholm syndrome. (laughs) Half the country has Stockholm syndrome. So again, bringing this back to the biblical sense is that what you're talking about is that, you know, this truly is end times, uh, you know. And if we think this is bad, it's only going to get worse. It gets worse. That's why I went by Fowler's gun store and picked up my little present Mm. is to be prepared. (laughs) I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to not, you know, God doesn't say we don't, we can't fight. No, we did not. We got to fight. We can't, we can't lay down for Absolutely. nonsense that's happening. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Is it time for me to go to bed? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting slap happy. Hey, Andy, I haven't uh, told any of you other than Nicole and Jan to make sure and uh, comment. Let us know where you're watching from and um, what's going on with your week. What you think about the devotional. And uh, yeah, Jan says, "Rapture ready." <laughs> I like that. She ready here. Oh, I, uh, you know ready. what? All we ready. should get T-shirts that say "Rapture ready." I like that. That's a very cute expression. Rapture ready here. I got it now. Yes, for sure. We got to tell people about this great app that we're on. It's the Edify Podcast Network. Uh, if you could download and subscribe, it would be a blessing. Here's how you get it. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. 
Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcast today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. <laughs> Jen France is watching. Jen French is watching from your Belinda. <laughs> yes. You know what, friends? If you um, if you want a great shirt that catches people's attention, this catches a lot of people's attention. A lot of people will stop and say, "Hey, I like your shirt." Oh, or people are sitting. Not next because to they it's hard to understand or whatever, just no. because they like the design. Like, oh, we like your shirt. Oh, yeah, anytime nice. you it, it that's evangelism. T-shirts are great ways to mm-hmm. um, communicate the gospel to people. Like people say, "Oh, great! It, it sparks conversations." Yeah. I love them. The best part is when you walk down the aisle on an airplane and you see the different reactions of you know, in their face. Like they go, the people with the masks. You know, it's interesting. Can't see their face is that their I wrote about that this week too. <laughs> oh, did it? Not don't cast your pearls to swine. Oh. Part of my concept of a new kind of evangelism yeah. in a turbulent world. It's my theme this week. Sounds great. You know what the best thing I saw today? Um, uh, the plane was getting ready to take off. I told you there was an older couple. They had to be in their 80s. Oh, well. And uh, the woman looked a little bit frail. Aww. You know, one of those, she's a little bit scared. Yeah. And she she reached her hand like this, and the husband brought her his hand over, and they held hands as they took off. Oh. I thought, wow. Just, I love just, that. I don't know why. It just touched my heart just to see, you know, how long they must have been together. Oh. I mean, I know we're kind of old. But we've only been together for like a year. But I, I get the feeling they've been around each other for like 50 years, 50, 60 years. Oh, and to see I love them that. holding hands as they're taking off, just I just beautiful looked at it and I go, man, I want to be I want to be old with you Aww. and hold your hand. Thank you, lovey. And you blow stuff, so make it cold so it doesn't burn my little mouth. Oh, yeah. And then can you <laughs> mash it up because your teeth may be missing? You may mash up your peas. <laughs> Sweet it to you. Here, honey. <laughs> I mashed up your favorite. Why, piece. why, why do you have to go? Why do you have to go so far? Oh my gosh! Why? And we don't think you don't think we'll be toothless at some point. No. You want my live, teeth? You want to live really old? I got good teeth. I do too. Lost every day. Almost every day. Uh, Jan Francis, looking forward to your article tomorrow, Hedia. Thank you, Jan. Do we have uh, an idea what it's titled? Yes, um, uh, preaching the gospel in a turbulent world. Oh, there you go. Look for that tomorrow in the Christian Post.com. The Christian Post.com. It is the Christian. Yeah, not Christian. I think oh, it's man. Christian Post.com. It is Christian. <laughs> Christian Post.com. All right. Anything else, my love? That's it. All right. Schnuggles. I'm glad to be home. We're glad to have you home. Oh, my gosh. That's a, that's a little bit of a long flight, but uh, flights. Uh- <laughs> That was long. Long flights. Beautiful thank place. Thank God though. you didn't have to go back to South Carolina. You know, I'm sorry, but that was hysterical. Those pictures you posted on the internet. You're like, such a beautiful city. And I was like, are those chicken coops stacked up? <laughs> no, lobster. Lobster, lobster cages. Lobster cages. Because okay. there's a boat right there with lobster cages in the back of it. I was like, are or those... lobster traps, I think they're actually called. Okay. And yes. he's like, beautiful city. And I was like, uh, lobster traps. Okay. It's known for their lobster snuggums. I'm spoiled. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no appreciation for these things. I really don't. 
Don't hate me. (laughs) Don't judge me. Uh, chicken of the sea yes there's, there's probably chicken coops chicken chicken of the sea <laughs> all right all right my friends we love you guys god bless good night have a great night yes have a great night bye. thank you bye